Hey, this is Robert Gowan. You're listening to Mentors for Military, and joining me on the phone is my co-host, uh, Rudy Lindsay. What's going on, Rudy? Hey, how you doing, Robert? I'm uh, out here on the West Coast for tonight, so uh, sorry about the video quality there. Yeah, no worries, and uh, of course we know that you've uh, you've got a, uh, a hotel room there, and, and the Wi-Fi is only so good, so we're going to put you in on the uh, telephone, and hopefully uh, you're coming in loud and clear to the listener, uh, the listeners. What I do want to remind everybody of is that we're live on an application called Mixler, that's M-I-X-L-R.com, and if you want to join us in the chat room, go on, create yourself an account, you can do so while you're listening to us, and uh, that allows you the ability to jump right into the conversation, uh, ask our guests or those of us in the the room uh, questions, and uh, we can respond back. And thankfully, to, tonight we've got our good friend uh, Scott Kinder on the line with us. Hey, Scott. Hey, Robert. How are you? Good, man. We got uh, Scott's going to be managing the board uh, with uh, Rudy out, kind of on uh, business. It it helps that Scott's uh, volunteer to to join in the chat and make sure that he controls the board. So if you have a question, uh, Scott will bring it forward to us and make sure we're paying attention. Uh, one of the things I, or a few things I do want to kind of cover is that we've got a new show uh, that we kind of do ad hoc, and it depends upon the topic at hand and uh, what it is that we want to bring out to you guys, and that's called In the Strategy Room. And our uh, most recent one was on communication barriers. Uh, I encourage you to go out and listen to that if you haven't already. It's a really good show. And, of course, last week's guest was Mark McCowan, and a uh, great show with him about, uh, you know, a soldier that's on active duty looking at uh, transitioning in the very near future and some of the challenges that he's facing. And we're trying to get him plugged into some of the great things like the Small Business Administration, Boots to Business Program, and those types of things that are available to it. Uh, be sure to check us out and uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes if you aren't already. Uh, that allows you really the opportunity that as soon as our shows go live, they get dumped right to your telephone. You know it's available. You can always go out there and frequently check and listen to it while you're at work with your earbuds in or while you're driving in your car to and from work. And, you know, again, keeps you kind of abreast of what's going on. So uh, really excited about tonight's show. Uh, tonight we have uh, Joe Healy, who's from the uh, Green Beret Foundation. Uh, and uh, Joe also is uh, leading an effort that he's going to describe a little bit more about at that uh, the Next Ridge Line that really is a program that helps provide current and former U.S. Army Green Berets who are transitioning the tools and resources they need to be successful out in the private sector. And uh, so uh, Joe recently transitioned himself uh, as a highly decorated uh, individual, and we hope to kind of dive into a little bit of both, a little bit of his background as well as uh, his own challenges and, and how that's really going to uh, support him in his efforts with the next Ridgeline. So welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, thank you very much, Robert. How are you doing? Good, man. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, I mean, kind of give the idea for our listeners about um, maybe some of your past career and, of course, uh, about the program that you're leading right now. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I've been in about – I just retired one August. I was in for almost 21 years. I medically retired. Uh, I had a C-spine fusion, so it was time for me to time for me to move on to uh, to my next ridge line. Um, I entered the army in '94. I went straight to Washington D.C. to uh, to work as as a sentinel, a two million old soldier. I was that was back when I was handsome and skinny. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I went down to beautiful Fort Polk, Louisiana. Oh, been um, there, man. I was with Third and Seventieth Armor there. Uh, that that place is a lovely place, isn't it? Well, I, I really, I'm 
very, very thankful for going down to uh, to Fort Polk, Louisiana, because it was one of those things of, whoa, it's time to transition. This place <laughs> is 80s. Yes, so yes. I, I dropped a, a ROTC green to gold packet, and I went to Special Forces Assessment and Selection, and, and I got picked up for both. And, and luckily, I made the right decision and, and went to go be a Green Beret. That place that will was, do it to you. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yep, that was about 2000, uh, October of 2000. And then uh, shortly thereafter, January of 2001, I started the Q course. So, wow! And here, here I am now. So you know you were with the uh, guarding the tomb of the unknown soldier for a period of time there as well. Yep, did it for for a couple of years. Um, it was it was, it was actually extremely rewarding because uh, it's one of those jobs that every single day, every single walk, every single second of being out there, um, you had the feeling of of actually partaking in something bigger than yourself. Right. Um, I mean, even, you know, sometimes at, at noon on, on a holiday weekend, there would be thousands of people watching you, which obviously uh, you felt something. But, but where I most connected with them was in the evening uh, when it was myself alone or during, during horrible snowstorms because uh, almost to me it felt like it mattered more because everyone in the world would be like, heck no, I'm not standing out there in that. So it, it, yeah, it yeah. felt a little, little more selfless. Yeah, I could, I could totally I see it, that. It's bigger than I think you. I've seen a trend here. <laughs> yeah, you guys we'll always see. doing something, something more. Maybe a glutton of punish, glutton for punishment, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, which, uh, you know, just so you know, Amy's joined us in the chat room. She wants to know how you maintain your perpetual level of awesomeness, uh, Joe. A um, lot of Dapper Dan hair gel, hair gel and sunglasses. I learned that from the Navy since I worked with him. <laughs> Uh, that's great. So, of course, you were there uh, during 9-11, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, but I, I think it's, um, again, your career where you started off in, in terms of how it affected you in 9-11, um, you went to the Pentagon when that plane crashed into it and were on the spot right after that moment. So um, can you tell us a little bit about that and about some of your experiences there? Yeah, Um like I, like I told you in the past, Robert, this is actually the first time I, I've spoke about it in public, and I'm, I'm not saying this for the whole sympathy thing. It's just one of those uh, Green Berets, we are all very, very, very good at compartmentalizing. Right. Um, you know, we kind of... Sometimes take a little too good. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about resilience later, brother. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, the way we handle things is, is you know, as an event happens or a tragedy or, or even excitement, um, we're really good at... at as soon as we finish that emotion, put in like an office draw, closing it, and then opening the next for the next experience. So I, I uh, fortunately, unfortunately, um, just stopped thinking about it. Um, and it was, it was, it was one of those experiences. Uh, when it comes down to it, probably one of the the, the most beneficial experiences because you know hindsight always 2020. I, I learned a lot about myself and and our nation because of that. Um, I guess. You know, a brief synopsis of the day, uh, myself and John Hayduck, who was a 1st Battalion, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. excuse me, a 1st Special Forces Group medic, he and I were finishing up the uh, Special Forces Medical Sergeant's course, um, and and I was actually, I was, he was at Fort Meyer right across the street from, from the Pentagon, and I was at Fort Belvoir in the ER, um, and it was such a weird day because, you know, we're, I'm in the, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the, the waiting room and, and watching the, the events of 9-11 happen. And then we get the report about the plane hitting the Pentagon and everybody in, in the emergency room, it was, it was 
insane because somebody knew somebody that worked in the Pentagon and everyone's first, first reaction was, oh my Lord, what do I do to help? And then uh, the, the ER doc that we were working with, we took every piece of, of, uh, of medical gear we could think of, threw it in the back of an ambulance and ran down 395 uh, down, the, uh, down the actual breakdown lane. And we got there and felt in no time uh, because you can imagine the, the anxiety, the excitement, the stress, the, the, the pressure of what's up next. Um, John was already there. I linked up with him right away. Um, we literally, it was, uh, I guess one of the first real moments that I had that kind of made everything true is when I was trying to pass from like Pentagon city if for the people that understand the, the whole, uh, you know, geographic breakdown of the area, um, trying to pass over from Pentagon city, jump over by where that little gas station used to be. Um, we didn't know that they spun up those F-16s uh, over at Andrews Air Force Base, and every time they did a sortie around, they did a, a circle around, we would hear the aircraft, and the report of the aircraft in Pennsylvania came out, and we thought it was the plane from Pennsylvania coming to get us oh again. Oh, my gosh. So we, we'd all run over but like a bunch of ants underneath the, uh, underneath the, the overpass. Anyway, so we, we finally made it up. You know, It took probably about an hour or two post-crash. Post uh, we found a... a a bunch of individuals that looked like they knew what they were doing and literally we just started selling ourselves as green berets hey listen even though i wasn't finished the course yet and i apologize to anybody that might be offended because i still had you know language school robin sage and sears school but you bet anybody that looked like they're in charge hey we're two green beret medics right here what can we do to help and then uh you know, we, we made it in a few times, but then when the the, the old guard, uh, the 3rd U.S. Infantry, uh, showed up to actually QRF, uh, uh, pull security, um, I saw the leadership for the regiment, and they had remembered me because I'd only been gone a couple few years. Right. Um, and and they were like, hey, you know, they told the NCYC, the med shed down there, that, hey, we have two SF medics. Every time we go in, they're coming with us. So every time the command probed, and any time anybody probed in, uh, John and I found ourselves in the in the dark, uh, spooky halls uh, of the Pentagon. Man, that that had to have had a really profound effect on you. I mean, you know, a lot of us, of course, can remember the day and where we experienced it, but the fact that you, you know, experienced it at the moment live, um, it, it it probably had a, a different effect on you um, and what you experienced there than probably a lot of us. You know, it it was. Honestly, we, John and I, I, I'm not exaggerating. It was he and I standing, staring at ourselves, surrounded by these these amazing, heroic, uh, fallen warriors. And the sad part is they did, they had no idea. Uh, these ladies and gentlemen laying around the, 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 the ground, they had no idea that how powerful the sacrifice they made truly is to our nation. Um, and I feel bad. I wish, I wish they did know. Anyhow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was spooky, like John and I just standing there looking at each other, um, waiting for the for the casualty recovery teams to show up, um, and just looking around uh, like it would be a, a room full of cubicles, and they'd have a computer monitor that looked like a ball of wax. Um, what I mean by that is the flash was so hot, it actually melted the screen. However, next to it, there'd be a, uh, a family picture um, where I could see this, you know, this gentleman with his wife and three beautiful children. Um, you know, it was really bizarre and, and things, you know, it, it was, it was difficult. I, I found the, I found as if I, it would have been helpful. Um, I, at the time I thought it'd be nice to know everything I could about these, these individuals that gave the, the, the largest sacrifice for the nation. But, you know, I, 
some of the things I saw, I wish I hadn't because those, those are some of the things that haunt me the most. Right. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and, and a few of the things that, that, uh, I, I always wear a G-Shock watch. And the reason I do that is, is there was a, uh, um, a parent young man that was, that was pretty, pretty burned up laying in a, uh, laying in a, a, a big, big deep puddle of soot mixed mucky water. Um, and, and he had, it, it, it appeared to be a badge for a security door. He was laying in the prone with his arm outstretched. Um, and on, on that wrist, uh, he, he had a, um, this is a good pitch for Casio, but he cast, he had a Casio G-Shock on that wrist. Um, and, yeah. and his arm was pretty burnt up and I reached down and I pushed the end of glow button and his watch was still working. So it's one of those things I'll always wear a Casio G-Shock now. And then, and then another, another bizarre thing I remember so distinctly was one of the really burnt up, uh, desks, workplaces. Um, it had a Coleman, uh, like the coffee mugs, like not the mugs, but the actual thermos. Right, right. And everything around it was absolutely destroyed, and that was extremely untouched. Um, I actually, uh, so so it's it's weird. Everybody, uh, everybody with with time in in combat um, or in extremely uh, stressful situations, uh, it's you know the, we have the old adage: uh, the number one thing that destroys a, a great war story is a witness. Um, so, so so over time in your head, stories may change. So I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to link up with John Hayduck here shortly because I heard he recently retired. Um, I'm going to link up with him because I really want to know, uh, how much I actually remember truly happened because I want to make sure, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. it's, 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 uh, you know, it's so vibrant, so vivid in my brain. Um, I want to make sure that what I truly remember really happened. Right. Yeah. Well, you're, you, Joe, you're exactly right, man. I remember, you know, and I've almost have been in uh, extreme situations like that, and, and, and you see the weirdest things that just stand out, whether it's, a, you know, uh, uh, an IED incident in the middle of Afghanistan or whatever it was. I mean, I remember distinctly things like that. You, you kind of look puzzled after it's all said and done, and it's, it's very calm, and it's quiet, and you're you're kind of going through the 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 uh, after motions of the event, and you're looking, and it's like, what? How the how the hell is that boot not burned up, or why? You know, why is that the only thing not burned up right there, or destroyed, or what have you? And it's just it's puzzling to me sometimes. It, it's just the way things shake out at the end. You know? Absolutely. So, I mean, you you had a passion for taking care of. I think that probably laid the foundation in a lot of different ways for your care and passion moving forward. Because, I mean, you you played a big part in Care Coalition and um, the care of uh, you know soldiers. And you know, I I mean, I think it probably had a profound impact on you, and probably is a big reason why you have the passion you do. Uh, with Next Ridgeline and trying to take that to its next level and uh, making it a successful program for, um, you know, our special operators who are coming off active duty. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, um, you know, my passion uh, is is purely as, as for everyone that has served, you know, as a Green Beret and United States Army Special Forces and many, many service members that have served their country and Coast Guard, Navy, Air Force, Marines, um, is purely, you know, to, to serve with the man to his left and right uh, or women. Um, 
So it was, you know, I kind of cheated. Um, I looked at, when I looked at getting out of the military, um, it was like, holy, what's, what's coming on next for me? Um, and working with the, the U.S. SOCOM Care Coalition as, as, as an actual advocate for all the wounded and drill special operations guys um, and gals, um, it, it, I got to know um, a large majority of all the, the not-for-profit um, benevolent organizations that take care of wounded and drill uh, special operation forces and, and uh, conventional forces. Um, and, you know, through, through that experience, um, I, I made a lot of great relationships with, with, with a lot of the organizations. Um, so the Green Beret Foundation, Randy Nance, who's the director of programs and services, bumped into me and he was like, hey, I heard you're getting out soon. Do you have a plan yet? And like most, like 99% of Green Berets, no, I had no stinking clue what was coming up next. <laughs> you could hit the ground running, huh? <laughs> so, and it was just, it was, a, it was an easy transition for me. Um, the Green Beret Foundation is a, it's a, it's an absolutely wholesome, um, uh, benevolent organization that, that, that takes care of all Green Berets and their family in transition. Yeah. Um, and it's not just transition out of the military. It's, it's taking, it's taking a, a, a wounded injured Green Beret and their family to, you know, to assist them to transition to whatever the next challenge is, um, from you know the the unfortunate inevitability of, of a very seriously injured guy missing a leg, um, helping them helping the family realize that yeah you know um, you know I realize you're going through a traumatic event right now, but I kind of understand I I haven't been there, but we will help you to let you know it's the new normal. Um, and and that's it, it was very nice to, to flow into the Green Beret Foundation because they're they're a very grassroots organization. Um, it's been around since uh, about about 2009. Um, Staff Sergeant uh, Aaron Anderson came up the the vision for the the Green Beret Foundation. I mean Green Beret Foundation and started running. He made made great relationships, great networking. Um, and for what I understand, it started with with five hundred dollars in the bank, and now it grew to this great organization that. It, it 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 directly affects and and aids to the preparedness of, of an active duty Green Beret and helps the the solemn the, the state of mind for for Green Berets that are separated. And now when I talk about preparedness, uh, what I mean by that is is me as a Green Beret when I deployed for the last time from 2012 to 2013, it it, it made me comfortable knowing that that. The Green Beret Foundation would be there for for my family if something had happened to me. So it's one of those things like, um, you know, at the you know when it comes down to deploying, uh, we we aren't very good at preparing ourselves um, or our families. So as I was getting on the plane, it, it's very nice to know that you know the Green Beret Foundation would have been there for myself, and luckily they didn't have to be there to help my family if something happened to myself. Um, you know, it's a it's a very good organization. Um, we've we've actually we've we've utilized about seven million dollars um, for like legitimate services pro- programs and services. That's everything from from a, a fam- from a family that that uh, is having a difficult time with with procreation with making babies. Um, due to injury or whatever, uh, we do in vitro fertilization for that. Um, we help pay for that. Well. Uh, Individuals with with severe TBI um, and wound healing, we we, uh, we pay for HBOT, which is a hyperbaric oxygen treatment. Um, the the best thing about the program about the Green Beret Foundation is is since conception, 
um, we've averaged at least 89% of each dollar donated um, going towards programs and services. And actually in the past two years, it was 90%. Um, the, the beautiful thing about the Green Brave Foundation is, is we are, we are, we've been focusing in the past up until, you know, the past couple of years and actioning now, um, we've been purely focusing on, on, on the preparedness of a Green Beret family, um, assisting, you know, uh, gold star spouses, the, be the beautiful ladies that have, have lost their husbands in combat, um, helping a family transition into whatever their next requirement or need is. Um, we're going to continue with that charter, um, but we've expanded our, our scope of practice and, and we're, we're starting to action this, this great program called the Next Ridgeline. Um, and what the next ridge line is, it's taking the challenges that every single Green Beret faces upon separation, transition from the military. That's not just retirement, medical retirement. That's that's the great individuals that serve their country very hard for two, three, four, five, six years. Um, everybody deserves the same amount of, of you know, assistance during transition. And, and we've earned it. It's not an entitlement. It's it's an earning. Um so we're going to, as we transition to this new chapter, which is going to be our actual enduring, um, it's going to be our enduring chapter of the, the uh, Green Beret Foundation, we're keeping the, the prior chapter, uh, the prior charter going, and uh, we're starting to realize we, we have to work fairly hard on, on uh, recruiting partners, uh, and that's just for resources, opportunities for our guys, and also funding because we do not want to affect our initial charter yeah, as sure. we open this next new this next new branch um so i'm off my soapbox with with that now um no that's yeah. great i think it's all really informative so i mean this is i think it's important to point out like you had mentioned that this is an additive to what's currently going on within the green beret foundation and as i understand it that this has been kind of a program that they've they've um kind of you know thought about or um, had their uh, inactive in some ways for maybe even a couple of years until you're, you know, someone like you came along with that type of passion to be able to apply to it, to take it to the next level. And I think, you know, you're probably the right guy to be able to do that, to tell that story and um, be able to, to help that get off the ground. Uh, I mean, cause you, you yourself transition. Well, you know, I, you know, honestly, I, I truly, um, I cheated, um, and, and by that, I mean many ways. Uh, first, you know what? I just transitioned out of the military on 1 August. Um, 2015, and, just to be clear. Yes, 2015. Yeah, I, mean, I apologize. Right. Yeah, no worries. And, yeah. and holy crap, did I gork it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, man, like, like I'm a, I was a slightly educated guy. I helped hundreds of special operators transition out of the military at medical retirement. However, how in the world did I mess mine up? And, and it kind of it kind of – made me realize that I was actually the, <laughs> the perfect um, test dummy, and I use dummy very affectionately, to, to utilize my challenges um, when I look at helping to action this program. And what I mean by that is, you know, every single Green Beret that separates from the military, 99.9% .9 of us, face the same challenges and make the same mistakes. There's been no memorialization on on things as simple as I'm, I'm separating from the military at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. How far out should I go get my 
digital medical records from Clark Clinic. Um, and then, you know, the individual of Fort Lewis. Um, so it's just, it, I cheated with being that I've been there. I'm still going through transition right now. Right. And I'm just blessed that, that I'm being helped uh, with my own transition by helping others transition. And then the second, the second part of, of cheating is this program, um, this vision, the spirit of the next Ridgeline was created by great, great, big hearted, very smart, um, Americans. Um, we, I've been very blessed to inherit a program that hours and hours and weeks and weeks and years of emotion went into, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd be a jerk to try and take any credit for this program. All I did was jump on the coattails of the great Americans who started um, the spirit of the next Ridgeline. And I'm just I'm just trying to to take to take what they meant of the program and just try and try and action it. Um, right. Because th- this program is bigger than any single Green Beret. The only way this program is going to be successful is to get every Green Beret that has transitioned and going through transition to participate in somehow. Right. Whether whether it be a mentor or or just getting on the cyber team room we have and just telling stories and and answering questions. Um, you know, things as simple as I've, uh, I've got this great guy, Dave, uh, from Therbatine. I know, I know Rudy knows him very well that has been contracting forever and he started a, a pretty much a Slurpee stand. So, you know, I'm, I'm Joe Snuffy. I'm looking at, at starting an yep. ice cream parlor when I'm done with the war. Does anybody have any idea how to do it? Get on cyber, you know, the cyber team room and discuss it and, and have, uh, have, you know, Dave get on there. Actually, I just did it. This is what you don't want to do because I messed this up. So that's kind of kind of the 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 idea of where it's going now. Well, there's some basic principles that's still there too because it's still entrepreneurship. It's still running a business and operating that. It's still how to manage the finances, how to build a good business plan and a marketing segment, how to understand your threats, opportunities, and strengths and weaknesses. And I mean, it's all what no matter what you do. Many of us who've transitioned have that skill set to be able to give back, and it's part of the reason why we do what we do at Mentors for Military as well is because we want to try to give back to the community that we left in and pass on that knowledge, and that's kind of what you're talking about in this team room. It, it, it oh. may, may not be you had a Slurpee stand, but I might be able to apply some kind of skill set to be able to help Dave in a different way as well. So that's kind of what you're talking about too, is that oh, yeah. don't feel intimidated that you don't have that. You know? Yeah, no, and like I said, like I cheated um, – the whole concept of the next word giant was created by individuals a lot smarter than myself. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what, what they did was they sat down and they looked at their transition and I'm pretty sure it happened over a couple beers or, or a bottle of scotch or, you know, some Jack or something. <laughs> and they, they literally sat down and started telling stories about how difficult their transition was. Yeah. And they got together with a lot of very, very great gray beards, uh, the experienced green berets. And they came up with, you know, Rudy's not one of those, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> just for men just yeah. for men saves yeah, yeah 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 i need some of that <laughs> but they literally they came up with three core capabilities um three core capabilities that 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 will will assist uh you know a green beret at, at time of transition and the, the first of which being communication and it, communication is actually twofold and is a very difficult one because you know those of us being the quiet professionals um 99% of us have a difficult time speaking of ourselves. So how do myself as a green beret in transition, how do I, how do I communicate my skill sets, um, my inherent tangibilities? How do I communicate how valuable I would be to a, to a civilian? Um, 
to a CEO at a Fortune 500 company if I bump into them, um, you know, at, a, at an event, if I bump into them at Starbucks, hey, you know, I'm Joe Healy, I'm separating from the military, I'm a Green Beret, I can do this for your organization. And then, you know, on the on the other side of that is is how do we go out there to these Fortune 500 companies and, and discuss uh, the actual value of a green beret in their workforce. Um, how do we? How do we? How do we inform them uh, what our leadership and team work and team building what it would mean to their company? Um, and then you know, after communication, we have opportunities, and, and what that is is getting out there and and proactively and and actively um, and reactively developing relationships with with great opportunities and that's anything from like you mentioned the small business administration like we plan to be very very uh, very very soon working with the small business administration and and you know reboot and, and boots to business there there are loads of opportunities resources out there so what we're doing is going out there and and, and creating a database of of resources that'll help our guys when it comes down to transition um things as simple as hey i have a concept how do i create an executive summary right and, and again I'll, I'll use myself as a perfect example i don't even have an effective linkedin page yet however we have john who's a great great mentor in on our team room who i'm going to sit down with him in the evening and and uh he's going to help me create an actual linkedin page um and then you know after opportunities is networking um and it's kind of along the same line and what we mean yeah. by that is networking going out there and find these opportunities for these great organizations and as rudy and scott can attest to is for us it's very easy to revert back to what we know and what i mean by that is it would have been so easy for me to, to jump in the contract world because i'm actually unfortunately very uncomfortably comfortable in the combat zone it would have been great to go into you know straight contract work and end up back in afghanistan which which oh yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's they say you know who would have ever thought you missed a place so much that you never intended to go to? Um, so networking, what we're, what we're doing is working hard to create a network of opportunities that hadn't been there in the past for Green Berets. You know, and, and under these these great three core capabilities, uh, the founders, the uh, the godfathers, the grandfathers of, of the next design came up with three key focus areas, and, and these are the pillars. Um, and the pillars are, are literally, if, if, you, if you're not, it's kind of like a stool. If you don't have three strong pillars, three strong legs, um, the stool unfortunately will fall over. And the odds of you being successful, it greatly diminishes. And the first of which is resilience. And like I mentioned, this is a, this is a holistic approach at, at assisting a Green Beret to, to successfully transition. And also with the veterans that are already out there, um, helping tune them up to to potentially assist them um, to be more successful and, and happier as a civilian. And, and the, the, the biggest one right now for a lot of us, and I know Scott and Rudy and, and a large majority of us are, are still battling, uh, me, the, the prime you know, example, is resilience. Uh, looking at a yeah. Green Beret, first of all, defining what is a healthy Green Beret. Well, in all actuality, no two of us are the same. So healthy for me is healthy, not healthy for Rudy is not healthy for Scott, you know, is not healthy for, you know, Johnny Tentpeg. Um, so we look at the overall range of school reference there for, for those who've been there. <laughs> Johnny Tentpeg. Um, so, so we look at, you know, the overall mind, mind, body, and spirit. And by that, we, we're not talking like, you know, the spooky aspects of it, but hey, just, you know, 
are you okay? And, and where this to me was such a big deal is when I was about six to eight months out from separation, I started looking at, oh my Lord, my counseling now for, for the past 13 years, the best uh, actual group therapy I can have possibly is in the team room sitting with those 11 under uh, those 11 yeah, other yeah. individuals that have been there um, that when I talk about how funny it was to, in the middle of a near ambush to pull out a white lens flashlight to get the mark, <laughs> the mark 19 up how funny I thought it was when my warrant Steve Tuttle said Joe I think they got me I was like what do you mean Steve <laughs> oh, chief. I don't know Either I got shot in the butt or I shat myself. <laughs> so come to find out, when the, when the initial ambush kicked off, I guess he pushed back on the chair so hard, he ruptured his camel back. And it ran down into his pants. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's oh a true gosh. story. Steve, if you hear this, I apologize. But, but oh, you know, no one in the world understands how that's so therapeutically funny for us. I mean, that's... It's it, that's unfathomable. Right. Anyway, so you know we look at mind, body, and spirit, and then the most <clears> difficult <throat> portion we have is reintroduction, reintroduction to family. And what we mean by that is, you know, for years uh, we we've been doing nothing but focus focuses on the man to our left and right. What I mean by that is, is our life in and you know on an ODA is pre-deployment, getting ready to deploy deployment taking care of the guy to your left and right hopefully you have a f solid family unit that's taking care of the family when you're gone because it's really mm -hmm. difficult from afghanistan iraq and the 78 other countries we're in right now to actually manage a family while you're deployed so your spouse is doing that for you and then redeployment which is cleaning everything up make sure your personal affairs are, are are all in you know all in good standing to get ready for the next deployment. Um, so, you know, how do you become the urgent urban legend to your, to your children called dad? Um, how do you, how do you become the urban legend and actually become a father? Um, what does it mean to be dad? What does it mean to be a father? What are the actual expectations your spouse has? I was going to say, you can't just insert yourself uh, sometimes right back into that environment. You know? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you can't stop, uh, hurdle right there. You know, and, and like I said, Green Berets, uh, we are no failure. We are no, no, no fail mentality individuals. But unfortunately, we are very good. The only thing we're good at failing is in relationships and marriage. Um, and, and that's it's horrible. Um, and, you know, the, the long-term overall resilience of an individual will greatly enhance his, his ability to be successful. Because if you're out there at a new endeavor trying to become comfortable with doing something outside of being on an ODA, uh, being a member of a team, um, if you're not – if you don't have a comfortable family life, you're never going to focus 100 percent on your next goal, right. the next ridgeline. Right. So how do you do that? Um, so we actually – we partner um, – the mentality of the next ridgeline is not to recreate the wheel with anything. There's loads and loads of amazing organizations out there that are doing the job very greatly. What we want to do is 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 memorialize to list those organizations to actually to list them out. Hey, listen, if you're having you know this type of issue, you don't have to tell us. You don't have to tell anyone. Just contact these people. They do this for for most people. If it fits you, take you know. Help yourself out. Absolutely. Anyway, so, so you're basically networking. You're basically networking for them and consolidating that list. 
yeah, absolutely. And, you know, once an individual, you know, the the more difficult, so like I said, there's three pillars. The more difficult, especially for me, the more difficult pillar was redirection. And and what what the, the... the fathers of the next resign meant, and I mean by by redirection, is taking the passion that I have, that I had to be an operator. Um, mm-hmm. The passion I had to go to work, to go to work every day at five thirty, to go to go get my 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 junk kicked in by by Mass Sergeant retired Donnie Barger. Um, take that passion to beat each other at PT in the morning, to 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 crush your partners at a bear shoot on a range. Um, take that passion you have to be an operator and redirect that to to being successful in the civilian world. And what I mean by successful, that's that's not like that's not like having a job where you make so much money that you could make it rain. Um, what I mean by that is finding finding a hobby, a job, um, a von- volunteer, the ability to volunteer that provides the appropriate level of purpose and relevance. Because yeah. as as we all know, if we don't feel the appropriate level of purpose and relevance, we are going to be doing stupid things. And again, that's just the 99% yeah. of us. Um, and anybody who knows me knows if, if, if I'm not engaged, I'm probably doing things I shouldn't be doing. So, you know, how, how, do, we re- how do we redirect um, an individual to have uh, you know, the strive to do something outside of, of being an operator. And, and the, the way we decided, the way that we think, the way that speaking to others that, that we are helping is purely confidence. Um, and what I mean by that is preparedness. Um, you know, as, as me, again, being the perfect model, I did zero preparation. Uh, before separation. Um, I still don't have a LinkedIn page six months, seven months later. Um, so, so providing confidence through preparedness and, and with that, I mean, you know, the resources, how to write a resume, the individuals that help you write a resume, take your military experience and put it on paper. So a civilian understands what that is, how to, how to conduct yourself in an interview. How do you dress for success? You know, what is business casual, um, you know, and and through like the effective amount of, of preparedness, you have more confidence. And with confidence, you'll be able to take the leap to the next ridge line from being an operator to whatever's next. And then, you know, after after, you know, an individual is, is as healthy as possible through mind, body and spirit um, and family reintegration and, you know, redirected, recalibrated. That's when we actually <laughs> we, we release them to the hounds. That's a uh, that's a reintegration. There you that's, go. Where, that's where we have the entrepreneurships. That's where we have, you know, the corporate placement, education access. Um, that's where we take a healthy, um, well-centered redirected green beret and that's where we actually we connect them with that 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 network of opportunities that hadn't been there in the past um and you know as you can imagine this 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 job this mission is is bigger than any single one of us like i mentioned it's not just it's not just us that are there it's everyone in the regiment um but yeah I'm, i'm very blessed this this was this is helping me um in my transition every single day when i spend you know eight to 10 to 12, 14 hours doing this job, every single second I'm doing it is helping me in my own transition. So no, and I think it, it helps you beyond that. And when you say transition, I think it becomes again, greater than you. You start thinking about how you're helping somebody else and it's helping you from a mental standpoint, how you, uh, you know, get back into society yourself. And when that's kind of what you're talking about, but 
You know, I want to get back to, before we get to the pillars, you you hit on some key points. We talked about communication in our In the Strategy Room podcast that we put together. Um, and we talked about uh, the purpose and finding your passion and all that kind of stuff with Judy. Uh, but you hit on something that I think that's also key, and that is you have to have the ability to demonstrate what you know and to add the, how you're going to um, add that value back to the organization. So it's always going to be, no matter what you do, what's in it for them, not you, what's in it for them. And you've got to have that ability to paint that picture in that resume, in your interview and the purpose in your going and drive that so that you're showing how it's going to add value back to that organization. And you mentioned value several times uh, before you got into the the, um, the pillars. And, and I think that's a key piece of it. Well, you, you're absolutely right. And, and, and we have a great... Um, there's loads of, of green berets that separated from the military that are very successful in the business world. So we, we already have a database and we're partnering with, with military for mentors also. Um, there are loads of great individuals that have been there before that, that even if they haven't transitioned out of the military, but they've, they've gone from high school to straight to the business world or high school to college to the business world, they, they've made the same mistakes yeah so how, how do we how do we leverage um how do you mitigate experience? that yeah exactly um you know it's the best way to go about doing it is is you know a lot of the very successful businessmen out there took a lot more than the first time to be successful there are Absolutely. a lot of guys Absolutely. as you know robert yeah that have failed many times before yeah. they were successful absolutely how do we memorialize that how do we help um and and it, and some of it is managing realistic expectations. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Scott wrote on this in a blog that he put actually on the after their last in the strategy room or right before that, I'm sorry, where he talked about the challenges that you have. And sometimes you got to have a reality check. You've got to hit, oh, yeah. be hit upside the head and go, you know what, that ice cream parlor, you know, on wheels that you're thinking about may not be the greatest idea. And although you think it's going to make you millions of dollars or be able to offset some of the costs that you're looking, you may fail. Do you, do you realize that you may sink 50 grand that just goes down a drain quick, you know, well, Robert, I love what, I love what Joe is saying because not only is he highlighting the, the necessity of a repository of information, right? But that repository in a resource like the next Ridgeline that gives you that community of trusted individuals that, that have the same mentality and the same backgrounds and the same skill sets that you do, that, that gives them the ability to look you in the face, you know, virtually or, or person to person and say, bad idea. And, you know, it's not a, a business advisor, it's not a banker, it's not your wife, it's, it's a trusted teammate. And, and that, sadly, our pride gets in the way too, too often. So having this repository is just, it's going to be an amazing resource for If you everybody. could create kind of a shark tank for, uh, you know, military, that would be the ideal situation. I mean, if you had the ability where people could come in and go, hey, this is my idea. Well, you know what? Um, you're, you're missing these key elements. Or if your whole mission is that you're going to take 10% of the total marketplace and that's how you're going to make money you're hitting you're not you're not going to be successful so it's it's like you said understanding those individuals what makes them tick and the ability then to help them from a business sense and having blazed that trail to be able to give back and share those ideas well well you, you know you you are both right on track and scott you hit it very close i mean you hit it spot on the head of the nail um it's really funny because a, a lot of uh, and I hate to use the old adage, and I know Amy Sanchez is going to laugh about this. <laughs> driving with, you know, driving with your spouse, 
and your losses all get up. But we don't have – I mean, we have the confidence to go with 12 guys to the hornet's nest, Marja, Afghanistan, and and stare it up and fight for you know weeks on end. However, pull over to gas station to ask directions? Oh, heck no. We no, that's not happening. That. We cannot <laughs> we'll figure it out. So, so like – We've actually we've cracked. Well, one of the ways we're cracking that nut is the cyber team room is actually it it's it's for us by us. What I mean by that is is vetted green berets have access to the team room. Only vetted green berets and the select few of of individuals that provide support. And what I mean by that is is guys that understand the community, that understand our mindset, that have the ability to to give the constructive criticism. Um, that we trust because trust the only way for us to take you know um, actual good criticism is is having the respect in the individual that's giving it to you right so like you can have the most squirt perfect example I know we've seen it overseas you can have your ODA could be doing something that's extremely gorked up driving down the road of Bagram you know airfield and you know that they're gorked up and you can have the most squared away command sergeant major from the conventional army walk up to your ODA and tell you that they're corked up and what's our instant reply get the hell away from me you pogue you know, yeah, you know yeah. it, it, it takes advice from individuals that we trust to to actually take it to heart um you know if rudy you told me that i'm i'm, I'm going down the wrong track with the next ridge line or the you know the fourth fathers before me if they're like hey joe you're missing this aspect of the spirit of the program I'm not going to take offense to it because I love you. I respect you. I trust you. Yeah, You're a brother yeah. of mine. And we don't have to know each other. I met Scott this evening, and he's already a brother of mine. He's going to be on the team room giving me constructive criticism. You know, and, and that's all it is. You just you just have to understand each other um, to to truly uh, respect input. Anyway. I like that concept that uh, you're, you're creating a peer group that, that's going to help each other to that level. That's uh... – well, I'll be yeah, honest. You're right, man. They missed that. We yeah. missed that from because uh, it's a different environment that we're going into. And um, finding someone like ourselves with that with that same approach to things has been so ingrained into us uh, in all of our failures and all of our successes that that it, it, it's extremely difficult. But if you can bridge that gap between those two worlds, that's that's the right way to do it. You know, and and to get back on resilience, I mean, that's going to be huge. So we have a forum already. Um, so for the individuals that aren't on the cyber team room for the next ridgeline, um, I want you to e- email. Uh, it's next ridgeline, common spelling, next ridgeline at greenberetfoundation.org, and just say, hey, you know, I'm I'm Johnny, you know, Johnny Tentpeg from you know First Battalion, Third Special Forces Group. Um, I'd like access to the team room. Um, if we don't know you, or if somebody we know doesn't know you, we may ask you to send um, an ORB, uh, ERB, which is you know, um, or DD two fourteen to make sure you actually are an eighteen series, a Green Beret. So we what do the, uh, trust you. Again, buddy? It's next ridge line. Yep. It's you know, as one world, as one yep. world word, um, at greenberetfoundation.org. Um, and simply just, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Joe Healy. Um, I served with 1st Battalion, 3rd Special Forces Group. And the more individuals, when you get on there, you'll see we have, we have uh, um, some, some very interesting conversations already going. And uh, I, I will 
I'll put a plug out to my buddy Dave Marshall, who is a very passionate, big-hearted individual. And you'll laugh at some of his re- <laughs> some of his resilience uh, forums that he can because he cusses like a sailor, sailor in it. Um, but uh, um, it, it, you'll see it's it's literally uh, somebody put on there um, a few days ago. Hey, how do I start a five hundred one c three? And what we have the forum on there, so any who has an idea how to do it can answer the question and if not they'll give hey look at this individual he knows what's going on and that's just the basic start of it um just pure energizing creating conversations for us to help each other and then while that's the backside that's that's the green berets giving back to the program and then the gbf staff the next ridgeline staff is populating it's a shame. So the next the, the team room is probably only almost four weeks old now. We have so many amazing resources and opportunities and, and people and mentors that want to help. There's not enough time in the day to post it on there. Um, so we're working slow well as quickly as possible to populate the team room with with the valuable content. Um, so each time you log on to the team room, it'll be a different experience because there'll be new resources, new conversations. Um, what what we're doing with the team room is to make it's ours. It's our team room. Um, we're partnering with you know the SF Brothers on Facebook, um, you know, and, and all the other great organizations. Again, we're not trying to recreate the wheel on anything. We want to pull everyone in, partner with anybody possible to create this massive database of resources for Green Berets. Um, it'll be the it, it'll be the one stop shop. It is the one stop shop for all of us looking at transitioning. And don't forget the veterans, Rudy. Yes, when you get tired of doing what you're doing, there'll be resources to help you <laughs> and opportunities to to take you know to jump to your next ridge line. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, I like the pitch, man. It's pretty, uh, you get that dialed in. Well, you know, it's kind of, yeah, whatever. The interesting thing, Joe, I'm tweeting out some of your quotes, and you said earlier that it's the man and the woman on your left and right that matter the most. And even here in Australia, my friend James Holmes, who is a prior Australian military, is hitting me up in direct messages and saying, you know, the same thing. It's it's so just to revalidate what what your, your where your mind is. It's not just you know U.S. or Green Berets only. This is this is international, and, and you're speaking to a larger audience that they get it and appreciate what you're saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you know, um, as they as as the foreign saw the the the, uh, the foreign uh, forces know, unfortunately. We care more about the uh, the individual to our left and right than we do actually preparing for our own transition, and it's one of the it, it a large majority of us it slaps us in the face like the army says, hey, thank you very much for your you know twenty years of service, your fifteen years of service, your thirty one years of service. It's time for you to get out, and a large majority of us we're more worried about but taking care of the the man or woman to our left and right, and we don't care about we don't. Not that we don't care about, we don't take care of ourselves and our families. Right. And and you know that's one of the things that that we're doing right now is we're creating checklists. So any Green Beret can get on the uh, the team room, and we're doing we're creating checklists. So if you're, you know, three years out from separation, look at 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 creating or change, you know, transferring your credits over towards an actual degree. Like myself, I'm an 18 Delta. I'm a few credits short for having a bachelor's in science in, in whatever medical. I haven't transferred any of my credits yet. I am, you know, I am definitely a failure <laughs> when it comes to, and, and I use that word affectionately, but I mean, I, I, I'm learning 
um, about transition as I'm helping others transition. So, you know, when, when I'm finished, whenever, whenever my mission is complete here with the Green Brave Foundation, I will finally be a, an effect, an effectively, uh, efficiently transition Green Beret. So, you know, I just want to make sure that we don't make the same mistakes others have. Well, I think in order to do you that, know, it's going to take a lot of effort in terms of getting ahead of it. So, I mean, you've got a plan like you're talking about in three years or five years. It almost goes more to that. So maybe... I think where a lot of cases, in my opinion, the military kind of misses the boat is they don't realize that the transition begins the day they entered the military because you never know when that day may come, to your point. Yeah. It could yep. happen from a medical standpoint, uh, or it could happen as a planned event that you decide after your first term enlistment, second term, 20 years, whatever, that you're going to go ahead and get out. The thing is, is that you typically don't think about it. So if you do think about it, it is part of the plan. It is something that you're working on. And we get back to counseling individuals along their career path to say there is going to be an end date because, oh, by the way, we all transition one day. Everybody oh, yeah. does. Well, one of the big things that we're working at doing with the Green Beret Foundation is actually starting to get um, earlier participation with the actual force. Um, because you think about it, like – any any program, any fraternity, any anything, the 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 best way to 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 get it to to endure is institutional memory. So yeah, yeah. get the younger individuals as they graduate the Q course, get them enrolled in Absolutely. the Foundation. So that way, when something happens, when when you know somebody clicks on on the request support link on the GreenBraveFoundation.org webpage. Um, it's it, it's a lot easier because they're already they're already in contact with with the uh, Green Beret Foundation. So the team room it's not just for those individuals that are 24 months out from separation or right. have already separated. Right. It, it's it's for those young guys because they're uh, some of our great partners. Uh, um, uh, uh, Wake Forest. They're actually uh, we've been in communication. They're looking at standing up an executive MBA program for. Green Berets. Right, right. And their concept initially, free of cost. Wow. So like... Wow, pretty interesting. Oh, there's loads. Um, George Washington University, they're looking at standing up a PA program. Um, they have this amazing, uh, it, I believe it's some sort of, and I apologize for my ignorance for whoever's actually educated on the on that program, but it, it, it's like a uh, hospital management or emergency medicine management uh, undergraduate, which rolls easily into the PA program that they're in the middle of standing up right now. Um, there are a lot of uh, successful uh, physician assistance programs and, and med school programs that are looking for 18 deltas because of our clinical experience, our medical background, our leadership, our, our ability to operate under stressful situations. Um, it, it's almost, I mean, as long as you get through the didactic, you know, written test portion of it, not a single Green Beret would... I mean, would fail the actual hands-on yeah, yeah. Well, there's another key piece of this too, and that is that if you actually look at the health insurance industry, the actual family practice physicians are a dying breed. So if you have these individuals that are coming off, and especially in trauma situations like 18 Deltas, I can certainly see how that 
you know, you, you can have one physician as the managing physician and you can have a dozen or so, whatever is required by the, you know, uh, their association to have as PAs underneath them uh, being able to work and, and manage and triage a lot of the simple symptoms or things that need to happen or even beyond that. But you know what I'm uh, what I'm stating, what they can within their capabilities, that may be the next future of where it needs to go. I, I can see that as a great handshake. Well, and, 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 you know, speaking from experience, every time I've, I've been to, I've got nine deployments, six to Afghanistan. And each time I was running my own clinic, um, which was very valuable because it, it, it creates access placement for the local population to come on. And, you know, we take care of the population. They understand that we're actually there to take care of them and not there. We're not, uh, you know, green berets with choir professionals are job description is not to kick down doors our job description force multipliers you look at the the tenants of of what the choir professionals are um the clinic is the best way to get in there so anyway with that i mean myself yeah i was pretty senior i knew a lot of things however i knew how to pick the phone up what i would do is i'd go through somebody would come in with we'll talk about dermatology which is spooky for all uh you know 18 deltas green beret special forces medical sergeants They'd come in with rash X. I would come up with a list of three or four differential diagnoses, and I, you bet your you bet your behind. I'd call my battalion surgeon, who it's his med license. I'd speak to. Hey, sir, um, I'm not really comfortable with this. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And yeah, you're right on track with this. Think that. So you, telemedicine, we're already subject matter experts on that. Um, you yeah, know, another yeah. field. I, I was approached by uh, um, a hiring agent for for uh, one of the top three uh, pharmaceutical companies. They're looking for, for pharmaceutical reps. So Green Berets, we could talk to pretty much anybody. Um, and the special for medical sergeants, they're already educated on, um, you know, medical terminology, how to operate, uh, how to operate in hospitals, how to conduct yourself around doctors. They're trying to hire us right now. Um, and that's without really going through the pillars. That's something a job you can do and then work through the pillars of the next ridge line. So, so I mean if you, if you get back to what we were talking about too just a moment ago about getting it in ingrained into the system from a very early point. In other words, okay guys, you know, here's you know, you, you're getting ready to um to earn the long tab and everything else, but a part of that is being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves and a family. And and by that, I mean you need to go register here so that you can then have mentors that can help you throughout your career uh, when you do separate, um, all of those things. Because I think there's more, again, that the next ridge line does in terms of just transition. Like you mentioned, it is a mentorship throughout your career as well. I mean, you're absolutely right. I yeah. Mean, um, Professional development. Yes. Hey, listen, you know, I'm thinking about going to this school. What do you think about that? I mean, that's um, that's not that's more the 300 meter target, but that's absolutely what's going to happen because we want the next ridge line to be a tool for all the regiment. And what what we mean by that is a forum for everyone to discuss. Hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at at maybe in 20 years from now starting. Um, Starting at uh, you know company X in geographic area X, what's what school should I do to best prepare myself? Um, I, I think that would be that is the best way to go about using this for long term because it, it this is this is going to be the during, this is going to be the legacy program of the Green Bray Foundation. Um, 
and the application is endless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Joe, have you have you guys talked to? Uh, are you guys tied in with the SF Command? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, good. We uh, um, with that um, we. We just took on to the board of directors, uh, Command Sergeant Re- Retired, Command Sergeant Major Retired uh, Brian Edwards. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so we're we're pretty tied in with the with the command, um, and we are uh, we're, we're looking at trying to get uh, to get more interaction with the commands uh, to help yeah. with preparedness. So, you know, pre deployment briefs. Let let the service member and the family understand what we can do for them if something happens. That way, every time some, a traumatic event happens, and and Rudy, I know you've seen it in Scott. So, yep, so yep. every time, you know, service member X gets shot in the leg, which unfortunately hundreds of us it, it's happened to. So mm-hmm. each command tries to recreate the wheel with each time it happens. There's already mechanisms in place. So if we get involved earlier in the process. Hey, we're the Green Bray Foundation. We can do this if this happens. A quick phone call. Pick the phone up. You know, hey, uh, we have this situation. Or go on to the GreenBrayFoundation.org webpage. Click support for, for I mean, uh, request for support. And then everybody knows the mechanisms are because it's already there. I guarantee yeah. you, I guarantee you there's not one situation within the whole regiment that we haven't taken care of in the past. Oh, or, oh my gosh! Yeah, that, that's so diverse. Yeah, you know, and if if we haven't or don't have the ability to do it, we'll find the organization that can do it for us. Um, and what I mean by that is, is if is is if unfortunately a a request or a need doesn't fit our charter, we're not going to turn them away. If a family member of a Navy SEAL calls us and says, "Hey, we have this going on," we're not going to say, "Hey, no, go away." We're going to help them find the individuals that will take care of the need requested. Gotcha, gotcha. And to, to, to your point about you know memorializing in, in this repository, it, it, it boggles my mind that we're so poor at asking outside you know organizations like GBF or anything for help when you know operationally we, we know and conduct an after action review in AAR by by just default. You know we know at the at the outset or onset of anything we do AARs and we do them for anything operationally, and yet simultaneously we have this mental cognitive bias that we can't ask an outside, we can't go to the experts for help, and it just blows me away how stupid we are sometimes. You know, and, and a lot of that we'll get to a different part of the communication is is communication between commands and organizations, um, and by that I mean if each. Um, not-for-profit benevolent organizations could effectively communicate what their their actual responsibilities are. And by that, what I mean is creating relationships and, and defined, um, not lanes, but hey, you know, we're actually, we're starting to effectively use the SFA, the Special Forces uh, Association, because it's a fraternity. Um, we're starting to effectively utilize them as kind of a conduit in between. Um, so if, if the command comes to the SFA, which is a little more legal because they're fraternity, if the command goes to the SFA, hey, we have this need, we need to communicate with the SFA, every single benevolent organization, hey, this is this is what our need is, uh, this is what we, uh, this is what the support required is, hey, with this organization now the green beret foundation the actual we're kind of cheating again so uh jennifer piquette who is our executive director um she's she's been around since the conception of the program 
conception of the foundation. She's actually a, uh, a great, great, great spouse. Um, her husband, Roland Paquette, was a medic in First Battalion Third Group, Elf Company First Battalion Third Group, and uh, he was yep. he was uh, he hit an IED in in uh, in Gareshk, uh, the Helmand Province of Afghanistan, lost both his legs. So so Jennifer Paquette has been there. Um, she understands. Um, that's almost that's walk pretty, that road. Yeah, that's a pretty bad situation. So so when she started helping us, what I mean by us is the regiment. She started helping us develop uh, the best way to take care of family members and Green Berets because she's been there. And, you know, it's an extreme success story because Roland Paquette has his own business. He's been through PA school. He's an emergency medicine physician's assistant in uh, San Antonio, Texas. He actually, a bilateral leg amputee, he pulls duties as an emergency medicine physician. So, I mean, that's an extreme success story. Um, we, like I said, we cheat because also our programs. So Jenny worked at Green uh, at the Care Coalition also, but Randy Nance, who is our director of programs and services, he worked at the USOCOM Care Coalition as the liaison between all the benevolent organizations. And then myself, as as one of the, I was the uh, NCIC for the Mid Atlantic, um, which which I took care of. Every wounded injured Green Beret for every organization in the Mid-Atlantic, every, including MARSOC, uh, Navy SEALs, Fort Bragg, Fort Campbell. So you can imagine the amount of – so we, we kind of cheat as the, the Green Beret Foundation because we understand the mission because yeah, Jenny yeah. Paquette, who worked with us at the Care Coalition, uh, Randy Nance, who worked with us at the Care Coalition, and then myself. So we kind of understand how it really works. So we're actually a good first place to go to when it so if you're if you're you know Charlie Company 2nd Battalion 3rd Special Forces Group Commander and you have something crazy happen we're not a bad first place to go cuz we know a lot of a lot of what's going on out there a lot of the resources uh, a lot of a lot of the the benevolent organizations that can help you get through your need so let's talk about because uh, I mean you know I, I definitely want to give back and make sure people know how to get engaged, um, especially those who are special forces. Get engaged into the next ridge line, um, understand what it is that you do, and so kind of in a summary, we've been talking about uh, things and in, in ways in which the next ridge line supports by the three pillars in terms of communication, um, and of course going into the team room by um, next ridge line at greenberetfoundation.org and getting signed up or getting validated to get into the team room uh, and get in that side of it. Is there anything else any person, uh, you know, SF on active duty right now or a veteran needs to do in order to, again, get linked up with you? I want to make sure that we do uh, include that as part of it. Well, you know, actually, um, so the Oasis Group, which is a great organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the Waste Group is, literally, it was started by uh, John Arizami, who was a uh, 18 Zulu, which is a uh, uh, special forces, um, either team sergeant or sergeant major, but he used to be 18 Delta. He created the organization. What what the Oasis Group is, is they, they have a amazing pool of VA experts. So, what I mean by the it's the Veterans Administration experts. So they actually they're the adjudicators. They're the the individuals that receive um, veterans 
benefit cl- uh, claims. Um, and so they, they travel to every single soft duty station. They're actually going to Hawaii on, I believe, March 29th. We were up at um, Fort Lewis a few weeks ago. So we traveled to, to each of the, uh, the, the installations that have a conglomerate of special operations guys. And I travel with them to anyone that there's Army Special Operation Forces to. Um, and that's a good way to get in touch with us also is, is participate into this great organization that helps you effectively transition through your VA side of the house, which is the Oasis Group. Um, so we're there at each one of their briefings, and, and we provide a good briefing. Um, trying to think other ways did that kind of answer your no that question, does i mean I, I think you know somebody gave me advice a long time ago as well as that um and i was still in the military which was um you know a good veteran never goes on sick call but a um <laughs> I, i'm sorry a good soldier never goes on sick call but a good veteran does and uh, basically what it means is make sure that you document everything so when it does come that time frame you're talking about the veterans administration they're great uh, assistance in that area and we all have um you know things that were caused during our military career they can help you evaluate that um so th- those are really key pieces as well you know honestly on that on that note um i could truly say a lot of the, a lot of the stigma that used to be there um so if you're out road marching and you really twist your ankle going to sick call to get treated that's not at all it's not going to count against you um things as simple as a twisted ankle document that stuff go if if you're out there if you're active duty right now or reserves and national guard and you're getting beat up on on think go get it documented yeah um because you have to show a, a chain of treatment absolutely um, i mean you don't have to but it helps a lot absolutely and, and and especially especially if if you're battling demons and you need help go get yeah. treated because if you truly want to stay around to serve your country being healthy will afford you the ability to serve your country for longer. So if you're battling demons, go talk to somebody because truly the stigma of, you know, hey, listen, I'm I'm not able to sleep without having a fifth of Jack at night. That's it's not really it's not there anymore. Um, go go seek professional help because, again, if you're not healthy, you can't take care of your country forever. It's going to catch up to you. Yeah, in the next life, you can't take care of your family or your kids or yourself. Just yeah. keep spiraling out of control. Unless you believe in uh, reincarnation, yeah, I, I get it. You only get one <laughs> life to live. Um, well, Joe, I really appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to have you back in the future, um, and I mean that um, because this time has gone by so quickly. But um, I appreciate you bringing to us the information about Next Ridge Line how people can get in, engaged and involved, the great programs that the Green Beret Foundation are putting on uh, to support our quiet professionals. And, and that means, that, like you mentioned, more than just the individual, but it's really a family environment that takes care of their spouses and family members uh, and, and truly wants to embrace that. Uh, appreciate all the information that uh, uh, we, we have uh, received tonight about that program uh, and the great organization. So, um, with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and close it out. And we appreciate all of our listeners, of course, uh, joining us on the show and uh, coming into the chat room and uh, being a part of that as well. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys again uh, this time. Uh, well, let's see. Next week, I take that back. We're probably not going to do a show Sunday night. We may end up moving it to Monday night because of the uh, Super Bowl. I uh, forgot about that program uh, that's going to be on. 
And uh, so we'll end up uh, putting more information out about that as soon as it becomes available. Uh, again, on behalf of uh, Joe, uh, Scott, uh, Rudy, appreciate all of you guys uh, being a part of this. And uh, we'll see you again in a week.